It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. President Biden on Tuesday said Congress should tighten gun laws in the wake of the mass shooting in a Colorado supermarket that left 10 people dead, including a police officer who was the first to respond to reports of gunfire. Biden called for closing background check loopholes and banning high-capacity magazines and semi-automatic military-style guns like the one reportedly used in the Monday shooting. Boulder's city council had banned assault-style rifles, but a judge six days before the shooting ruled that they lacked the authority to do so. So the ban was overturned, and that's when the Boulder shooter bought the gun he used to murder 10 people. The United States Senate... I hope some are listening, should immediately pass the two House passed bills that close loopholes in the background check system. These are bills that receive votes of both Republicans and Democrats in the House. This is not and should not be a partisan issue. This is an American issue. It will save lives, American lives. And we have to act. We should also ban assault weapons in the process. That was President Joe Biden calling for a nationwide ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines in his first remarks since a gunman armed with a military-style rifle and a semi-automatic pistol opened fire at a Boulder, Colorado supermarket. The Boulder attack came less than a week after a gunman killed eight people at three spas in the Atlanta area. Well, we now know the identities of the 10 victims of Monday's shooting, and we know more about the shooter, too, whose name I will not use. We do know he was taken into custody after the shooting and faces 10 counts of murder. We still don't know his motive, though. The Denver Post reported that the 21-year-old was considered by friends to be violent and short-tempered in high school. Then why was he allowed to buy a gun? He was treated for a gunshot wound to the leg and, again, charged with 10 counts of first-degree murder. Just two weeks ago, the Democratic-led House of Representatives passed two bills that would expand background checks on all commercial gun sales. The worry is that, as with past pushes for gun reform, nothing will actually pass. And in case you were wondering, Senator Joe Manchin said he would not support universal background checks. Well, the hot spot on Capitol Hill Wednesday will be in the Senate Rules Committee, where they're taking up the For the People Act. That's the Voting Rights and Election Overhaul Proposal. What happens with this bill will affect the future of the Senate. So both Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Minority Leader Mitch McConnell will be there, though leaders rarely attend committee hearings. But the stakes are high. The For the People Act would expand voter registration and make it easier to vote by mail or vote early. Independent redistricting commissions would take politics and politicians out of the business of redrawing congressional districts. Super PACs would be forced to disclose big donors and new limits would be placed on their ability to coordinate with campaigns. A public financing system would be created for House candidates who focus on small-dollar donations. The Federal Elections Commission would be shaken up. New ethics requirements would be imposed on the Supreme Court and Congress. Presidential and vice presidential candidates would be required to disclose their tax returns. All necessary reforms. The bill is reported to be supported by every Democrat in the Senate except for Joe Manchin. The House passed its version on a party-line vote two weeks ago. 
And the Democrats say passing this bill is critical as Republicans in dozens of states are rushing to enact stricter voting requirements. The former guy and his Republican allies claimed there was widespread voter fraud that cost him the White House in November. But no proof of that ever emerged. And they lost more than 60 court challenges to the election results enough already. The jury has been seated in the murder trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin for the death of George Floyd, the unarmed black man who died in custody after Chauvin pressed a knee into his neck for nearly nine minutes. The jury selection process took 11 days. Opening arguments are set to begin on Monday. The jury includes three black men, one black woman, two mixed race women, and nine white jurors. Defense attorneys unsuccessfully tried to delay and move the trial after the city agreed to pay a record $27 million to Floyd's family to settle their wrongful death lawsuit. The House of Representatives on Monday held its first hearing on D.C. statehood, but the Senate is where the real battle will reside. John Ossoff, senator from Georgia, on Tuesday added his name to the list of 43 other senators endorsing the idea. Well, Tuesday marked the 11th anniversary of the passage of the Affordable Care Act. President Biden, who famously remarked that it was a big effing deal, used the occasion to announce that the special enrollment period for the Affordable Care Act will be extended until August 15th. This change will allow Americans who lost their insurance along with their jobs to the pandemic to get coverage. Meanwhile, more of Joe Biden's cabinet nominees have been confirmed. Dr. Vivek Murthy was confirmed as U.S. Surgeon General, a role he held before in the Obama administration. Shalanda Young was confirmed as the Deputy Director of the Office of Management and Budget. Two Asian-American senators, Tammy Duckworth and Maisie Hirono, had raised issues about the lack of Asian-American representation on Biden's team. But they've backed down off threats to oppose certain nominees after the White House agreed to add a senior-level Asian-American Pacific Islander liaison. North Korea conducted its first weapons test since Biden took office, launching two projectiles last weekend. The test had been widely expected, and officials have downplayed the event as falling, quote, on the low end of the spectrum of provocative actions the regime could carry out. The projectiles were reportedly not ballistic missiles, a designation that the administration says does not qualify as a serious breach. Just something to be aware of. Well, the fourth time should tell you something, no? Israeli parliamentary elections on Tuesday resulted in another deadlock for the fourth time in the past two years. The exit polls on Israel's three main television stations indicated that both Netanyahu and his religious and nationalist allies, along with a group of anti-Netanyahu parties, all fell short of the parliamentary majority required to form a new government. That raised the possibility of yet another unprecedented fifth consecutive election later this year. This vote was seen as a referendum on Netanyahu, and the initial results showed that the country remains as deeply divided as ever, with a number of small sectarian parties dominating the parliament. Sadly, the results also showed a continuing shift of the Israeli electorate toward the right, which supports West Bank settlements and opposes concessions and peace talks with Palestinians. Speaking to supporters early Wednesday, Netanyahu claimed a great achievement 
but didn't declare victory. Instead, he appeared to reach out to his opponents and called for formation of a, quote, stable government that would avoid another election. He said, we must not under any circumstances drag the state of Israel to new elections, to a fifth election. We must form a stable government now. Yeah, how about one that doesn't include him? So Wednesday, March 24th is equal pay day. This is how long, how far into the new year women must work to earn what men earned in the previous year. Got it? And now it'll take more of your hard-earned cash to get your mail delivered more slowly? Postmaster General Louis DeJoy announced plans to slow down mail delivery standards and cut hours at some post office locations as part of his 10-year strategy to stabilize the agency. Oh, the plan raises what we pay for postage, too. Of course it does. DeJoy has been obviously mired in controversy since taking over the agency last June. Since the members of the Postal Board are the only ones who can remove the postmaster general. My suggestion is get those three new members who Joe Biden nominated on the board up to speed and get rid of DeJoy as soon as possible. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is 100% listener supported, and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com, and please click on that donate button.